Hi, I'm Mark. Thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. In the last couple of podcasts, I've been talking about why we should pray and why some people don't pray. And I hope you found some encouragement in your own prayer life as you listen to those episodes. If you haven't yet, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those and share it with somebody else. But I can't leave this subject of prayer alone just yet. (laughs) I've been thinking a lot about how we pray. And to be honest, I hear a lot of prayers from people I just don't think are quite correct. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm criticizing people's prayers or that God doesn't hear all of our prayers no matter how we say it or what we say, because the Spirit also interprets our hearts and what we're trying to say to God. But what I mean is that I don't think that some people know how to pray biblically and within the will of God, and I think that's important. Let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about, and maybe this will help to clear up what I mean. For example, I've heard people pray for somebody who is in distress for some reason. You know, it could be any reason. And they and they might pray a prayer like this. Lord, I pray that you would give them your peace in this situation. Now, would you agree that's a good prayer or not? You'd say, well, there's nothing wrong with that prayer. Well, let's think about it for a minute. When Jesus was getting the disciples ready for his soon departure from them, He told them in John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now I want you to notice that Jesus did not instruct them to go out and find peace when their heart was troubled, as though, you know, peace was lost, something to be found. He didn't tell them just to get into a quiet place and pray for peace. Listen very carefully to what he said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. In other words, when we come to Christ to give us his gift of eternal salvation, one of the things he gives to us is his peace. He knew the disciples were going to go through some troubled waters and that they would need this peace. You say, well, how does he give that peace to us? Well, he does it by giving us his Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, it's the same as when you look at an apple tree or an orange tree or a cherry tree. Those trees produce a certain kind of fruit each season. Well, in this case, when the Spirit comes into our lives, He brings with Him certain kinds of fruit that are produced by the Spirit. This fruit isn't something we have to pray for. It's not something that we hope we can have someday. It's not lost. We don't run out looking for it. No, it's it's fruit that we have when we get the Spirit. It's not fruit that we in any way have to work to get, but It's fruit that the Spirit brings and gives to us as salvation. What is this fruit I'm talking about? Well, let me read those verses for you in Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, here it comes, ready? Peace, (laughs) patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Did you see that? A part of the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of peace. And so listen, we, we don't need to pray for peace in a troubled situation or that somebody would find peace or that we would find peace because we already have peace when we have the Spirit. What we really need to pray is that we will lay hold of the peace we already have. We need to pray that people going through difficult times will experience the peace that is already in them by the Spirit. And the same is true, by the way, for the other fruit, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We don't have to pray that we get those things. We need to pray that we will access those things. Okay, here's another one. In certain group prayer meetings, I'll hear people say something like this, pray, they're praying, they say something like this, Lord, please be present in our midst today. Have you heard that one? I hear it all the time. Is that a correct prayer? Well, let's take a look at it. Didn't Jesus teach the disciples in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. He didn't teach them to pray for his presence to be with them when they get together to pray, but he said that when you get together to pray, I am with you. What about Jesus' parting words to the disciples in Matthew 28 when he said, I am with you always to the end of the age. Do we need to pray that God will be with us or is he always with us? Well, if we read the Bible correctly, Jesus said that he would always be with us to the very end. Or how about the message God gave to Joshua when he took over command of Israel after Moses died? He said in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord is with you wherever you go. I think that's a promise that we can claim for ourselves today because it's what Jesus told us when he was with us here on this earth. Paul reiterated this same thought when he wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he completes the thought in verse 39, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, as believers in Jesus Christ, we don't have to ask him to be in our presence when we pray or at any time, as a matter of fact, because he's always in our presence, whether we're alone or with a group of other Christians. The right prayer should be, Lord, we thank you that you are in our presence and hearing us in our prayer. Okay, here's another one. Another prayer I hear people say is something like this, Lord, I pray that you will take this burden from my sister or brother. Please bring the healing. Please take away this terrible disease. Please relieve them from this trial. Okay, now now don't get me wrong. Don't hear me wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with people praying for people who are sick or who are facing various trials in their life. And we... I don't think there's anything wrong to pray for their healing, but we need to pray biblically for them. Remember that Paul was sick with something. Remember that? We're not told what. 
We just knew that it was what he called a thorn in the flesh. Well, we're probably not told what it was, because if we knew, we'd all want to have that same thorn, wouldn't we? We'd say, oh, I've got Paul's thorn. (laughs) Or we'd try to worship the, the thorn. Oh, you got the thorn, you know, you know what I mean. Anyway, in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul is asking God, pleading with him, really, to remove this sickness from his life. He he prayed three times. He wrote in verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. He he wasn't going to give up. He he really wanted this thing God, but then gone. But then God answered him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now that sounds like a calloused answer from God, doesn't it? Why didn't God just answer his prayer and remove the thorn? Well, he tells us why back in verse 7. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. There it is. You see, God had given Paul great revelations, and we even think that one time after being stoned, he died and he went to heaven, and God brought him back because he still had some use for him on earth. And so God chose not to take away Paul's sickness in order to humble him. Furthermore, James wrote about the troubles in our life when he said in James chapter 1, verse 2, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James didn't tell us just to pray for the various trials that they would go away, even though none of us like to go through a trial. But he asks, and he says, to count it all joy for what the trial will produce in our lives. You see, God may have brought a trial or a sickness into somebody's life in order to teach them a valuable lesson or to grow their character or to grow their dependence upon God or to make them a better witness or maybe just to deepen their faith. We don't know what God is trying to produce through a particular trial, but we know that God is always at work. So, Let's not pray that God will just take away a person's sickness or trial, even though I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. Paul did three times. But maybe a better prayer might be, Lord, if it's your will, remove this thing from their life. But more than that, help them to learn the lesson you're trying to teach them and Help them to know the strength they have by the Spirit through Jesus Christ to endure this trial. You see the difference in that prayer? And that's another missed prayer. We often pray for strength for a particular situation. But again, don't we already have God's strength available to us? And that we simply need to access that strength through the Spirit? Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And then God said in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
And so perhaps instead of asking God for his strength, as though it's something new that we don't have, kind of like the joy and the peace and all of that, maybe a better prayer might be, Lord, thank you for the strength that I have through the Spirit to get through this and help me to rely upon that strength and not my own, not my power, not my strength, but by your Spirit, saith the Lord. Well, I could go on, but I think you get the picture. Let's just examine our prayers and let's make sure that we're praying biblically. And when we do, well, maybe we'll see more of our prayers being answered. I hope this helps. Thank you for joining me. If you liked it, pass it along to somebody else. See you next time.